Welcome to Zion Baptist Church's message, part three of dealing with pitfalls in life. Uh, the title of this message is Being Secure in Your Social Status. Uh, let us join this message as Pastor Duran is already speaking. That means I made it in life. Or, or if I have this card, that means I'm better than somebody else. You, you, you know how it is. Maybe it was just me, but you know when you got a new car, you drove differently. You just thought you were so good because you finally got that new car. So you driving by other people like, oh, your car's not as good as mine. You know, or you move into that new house and you're just excited because your new house is new to you. And you think your house is better than everybody else's. Oh, you don't have what I have in my house. We get so caught up that we have things in our lives that we feel that people should look at us differently because of what we have attained in this world. So we feel secure on our social status. We feel secure on the position we have at our job. Because people look up to me, that means I am better than them. They look to me for guidance and direct because I am the supervisor, I'm over this. But yet, what is security? Why do you feel secure? Do Do you feel secure because you have more money than someone else? Do you feel secure because your neighborhood you live in is better than somebody else's? Because if that's the case of your security, your security is falsely placed. The definition of secure, I was looking up, it says to be untroubled by feeling of fear, doubt, or vulnerability. Uh, Your neighborhood you live in can be attacked like anybody else's neighborhood. Your car can be gone just like everybody else's car. Your job could be gone that same day you walk in. You walk in and let you know you no longer have a job. Those things can happen in your life, but yet we place our security on those things. My security is in my diploma. My security is in my job. My security is in my household, but yet that's not security. In the, book, in, the, in, the book, in the letter written to, to uh, Corinth, that Paul writes, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you will always have all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. What is that saying? That God is the only one that can give you security. That he can give you that will abound. That means it will increase, that it will be, become broader and bigger. Because why? Think about it. We are concerned about social security saying how they may not have it in such and such year. Because social security cannot abound to meet your needs. Social security can say, well, increase our giving just to match you. No, you'll get what you get until they have no more. But yet God can give continuously. So we need a gauge. We need to set our gauges. Are we want to be content with the world or we want to be content with God? If you have your Bible, let's see what God says in, in 1 John, the uh, first epistle of John in the third, uh, I'm sorry, in the, in the second chapter. First John in the second chapter. And as you're turning there, we're just going to deal with social status for a moment. We have society giving us labels. Everybody receives a label, whether you want one or not. Uh, you receive a label just by the way you dress, by the way you act, the way you communicate, the places you go. If I see you going to the paradise, I'm thinking you're a gambler. You probably just went there to eat, but I'm thinking you're going there to gamble. 
I see you walking out the liquor store. I'm assuming you went there to get liquor. You might have always got a piece of gum, but you walking out the liquor store, I'm assuming you're an alcoholic. I, I, I see you go to someone's soul's house who I know is a drug dealer. I assume you're a drug dealer. You know, you may live there. That's your house, and that boy that lives there is a drug dealer, but doesn't make you one. But they just assume because you go in and out of that house, you too are a drug dealer. Or I assume because you live in this neighborhood, you must be poor. You have no job, and you don't care about your life. That's why you live in this neighborhood. You see, we are quick to judge and label people because of what we see with our perception. We'll label people because a society labels us. Society says, well, if you dress like this, then you have this. But yet, dressing has nothing to do with what's inside or who made you. God made you, and everything God made is good. Now, we judge what's good. You know, if you don't have name brand, you're not good. I, I, I love name brand, but my mother did not love name brand because she told me if I had the money, I could pay for it. And I didn't have the money, so therefore I had to take what she gave me. And so from there, I learned to be appreciative to what I did have. Y'all don't know about the store Adventure, but Venture has shoes called Valleys. They weren't Nikes. They weren't Reeboks. They had stripes on the side. It looked like Reeboks, but they were Valleys. And I knew because when I went to school, everybody talked about my shoes. But I said, my shoes are faster than yours because they couldn't catch me. You see, but yeah, I wanted name brand because they made a big deal about name brand. And then it didn't get real big until Michael Jordan came into the NBA. Next thing you know, Nike was a shoe everybody had to have. Because if you wanted to play basketball, you had to wear the shoes like Jordan. And then Nike caught on that this is so good, we should label this, that a status of success is that you'll have a shoe named after you. And then all of a sudden, we had all kinds of shoes named after athletes. We had the David Robinsons, the Charles Barkleys. We had the Bo Jacksons, the Deion Sanders. We had all these shoes named after athletes because it was a status symbol. If they were a, a good athlete in this sport, we could make more money on them. And guess what? I wanted the Bo Jacksons. I wanted the David Robinsons. I wanted the Charles Barkleys. I wanted all those shoes that cost $75 and $100. But now you have one person that's stepping up, Stephon Marbury. He says, I'll make shoes for $14.98. So nobody has to be shooting trying to have a status symbol of a shoe. You see, we get caught up with what the world puts uh, success is and what the world puts. If you wear this, then you assume you have this. But yeah, you need to be careful what the world offers you. Look at 1 John 2nd chapter, looking at verse 15. It says this, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all this in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God, what? Abideth forever. Other translations say, lives forever. You know, we oftentimes, definitely as youth and children, we think about our reputation. I, I, I remember of a song by Fresh Prince. Uh, parents just don't understand. He was talking about his mother giving him a, a, a shirt with a butterfly collar and plaid pants. And he's saying, Mother, you're going to ruin my reputation. He said, Boy, you're only 18. You don't have a rep yet. And, and, and the thing is, is that oftentimes we think that I have a reputation. I have something to withhold to the community. I have to present myself in a certain manner for people to know who I am. But guess what? They don't care about you. 
Hope I'm not hurting anybody's feelings. They really don't care about you. Think about it. Do they really think about you every day as you think they do? We wake up every morning thinking about, oh, I got to wear this because they expect me to look nice when I go to work. They expect me to always have the latest trends. It was a time that I stopped listening to secular music, and I, I tried to stay up with secular music. So I started listening to the radio and watching BET just to stay up with them. But pretty soon, I just felt so far behind, I just didn't care anymore. They were looking at me and saying, saying, you don't know this song, do you? I'm like, nope. Didn't care anymore. I got tired of trying to impress them to make them like me because they like music I didn't like. So why am I trying to please them when they don't even care about me? They don't care about what I like, but I'm trying to please them. I'm getting caught up trying to love the world and pleasing the world, the lust of the flesh. And, and what's going to happen? All this stuff is going to pass away. Just as Fresh Prince and uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince were our rap hits then, nobody cares about them now. Just as you have your young Jeezy and young Jock and Beyonce and Jay-Z, 20 years later, nobody will care about them now. You see, things that is nice and fresh and in style and in popular culture right now will not be popular later on. You know, seasons change, the winds change, people change, but God does not change. See, our security should not be in the world. Our security should be in God. I believe everybody has a handout. I did that because it has hit me. I want you to take this home and walk out with you. You want to fill in the blanks. Those who are guests of visitors, I move fast sometimes. I jump ahead of myself. But secure. What does it mean to be secure? Secure means untroubled by feelings of fear, doubt, or vulnerability. And I have that because of the love of God, you can be secure. Because God's love is perfect. Let's look, read 1 John 4, chapter, verse 18 together. Y'all have that right there? There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Well, you see that? You see that? When you know that God loves you, you can be without fear. You have security knowing that you may not love me, but the God that created the heavens and the earth, the God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the God that's making my heart beat, the God that's making blood run through my body, he loves me. So because you don't love me, my world will not end. Because I will abide forever by me serving him. That we did not just read that in John's second chapter, that when we follow God, we will abide forever. See, Jesus said, I came so that you may have life and have it more abundantly to the field. See, you did not come so my life would be better. You came and you made my life miserable. Maybe that's just me. I have some people that come in my life and I'm thinking they're helping me, but they're hurting me. And I'm steady trying to please them, but they do nothing to please me. They do nothing to take care of me, but I always want them to like me. I had a self-conscious issue that I was always afraid of people not liking me. So I would do anything and everything for them to like me. And then when I found out that they didn't like me, they would be abusing me. It would break my heart. I, I had a friend that I was defending, and, and I was defending him wholeheartedly, like they were trying to talk bad about this person. And I said, why are you talking bad about this person? You know, that's my friend. You can't talk bad about him in front of me. And they said, why? He talks bad about you, crush. I'm like, I thought this was my friend who I can trust, but he does not care about me because when they're talking bad about me, he's talking bad with them. You see, we live in a world where people are not concerned about you when it's going to better themselves. 
If I can take your job, guess what? I'm taking your job. I don't care you have a wife and kids. It's all about me right now. I needed this raise. I need to give me a new car. Forget about you having to pay your water bill. You know, there's some cutthroat people at your job that could care less if you got a raise. Who could care less if you're going to make it when you get home. They don't even care if you show up. But yet, there's a God that does care. He loves you. Perfect love casts out all fear. God loves you. God loves you. So this is it. This is how you are secure. This is how you're going to be secure in yourself. First of all, you got to know who you are. That's, that's B. Know who you are. Look at Isaiah 43 and 7. Let's read this together. Everyone who is called by... Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Who made you? God made you. So know who made you. Know, know who you are. You are God's creation. Guess what? If God created you, he created you not by accident, but for a purpose. And since he created you for a purpose, no man, no person, no society can tell you your worth. Because you are worth more than what they can ever measure you by. You are worth more than, than anything else. We know we are worth so much because why? For God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. Can you say your best friend will just die for you? Can you say your best friend will give you his house and he'll leave out on the street so you can have a place to stay? Would you, can you, do you know a friend that say you can sleep in my master bedroom and I'll sleep outside on the doorstep you can have the whole house? Do you know any people like that? It's very rare that you find people that be willing to give all that they have so that you can have a better life. But yet there is somebody that sticks closer than a brother. That sticks by your side through thick and thin. And, and, and when you think about it, he loves us even when we don't even love him. He's nice to us even when we're mean to him. He takes care of us even when we don't even acknowledge him. But yet he's still allowing you to be here right now. I, I, I know some people think that I'm here because of my hard work. Wait till you can't roll over in your bed on your own. Who are you going to call on then? Wait till you can't pay your bills because your bank account is empty. Who's going to provide for you then? You see, we get caught up thinking about what we can grab and what we can hold to be secure in, but that stuff will come and go. It says that all that stuff will pass away. But your status in God will never fade away. Your status in God will never fade away. So know that God formed you. Also know there's no God made you and you are good. Genesis 1.31 says what? God saw all that he had made and it was, and there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Tell somebody I'm very good. Tell somebody with an attitude, I'm very good. You know, so, 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 you know, you know, and you know, you won't get vernacular, you tell me I'm all that and a bag of chips. <laughs> God made you and you are good. When you know who you are, I don't need your validation. I don't need you to tell me how to cut my hair, how to wear my clothes, because I know God made me. I don't have to do this. You know, I woke up this morning and I put on my shirt and my clothes and I was just thinking, this is just me thinking, but yet who, desi who decided what was fashionable? If I lived in another country, I would be out of style. So why do I do what I do? Because of, I've been impressed by my society or what looks good. 
If I want to get a job, I need to dress, uh, you know, wear blue suits or gray suits and a nice bow tie. And to, you, know, you know, they tell you all this stuff. Because why? We are trying to fit into a society that really cares nothing about us. So while we're living in this world, we should be living in it but not be of it. You know, if I got to put my shoes on to go shopping, I'll put my shoes on to go shopping. If I need to wear a tie to get into this restaurant, I want to go into I'll put a tie on to get into this restaurant. If I got to lose my mind and act like a fool and act like a heathen, forget it. You see, we need to know who we are, knowing that there's a time and a place for everything. I can do this, but there's some things I just will not do because I know who I am. I was made by God. I was made for his glory. So I know that I will not have sex till I'm getting married. I know I will not get drunk. I, I know that I will not steal because well, I know who I am. I don't have to prove myself to you. I remember I had a friend, and uh, this story always sticks out in my head. And my parents might know who I'm talking about, but they won't tell nobody. And I went to a movie theater. We went to go watch a movie. And after the movie was done, a friend of mine decided that he wanted to sell drugs because it was cool. And so, therefore, we knew a guy that sold drugs. You know, we knew a lot of them sold drugs because they went to our school. And so we talked to this person. This person says, well, if you steal for me, I'll give you a supply. So my friend says, well, I'm a good thief. So he decided to go to Cole's department store. And I'm walking around like an idiot, like, Lord, how can I get home? <laughs> I don't want to be with these crazy folks. And, and so the person, you know, and so I walked away because I didn't want to see him doing anything, so I wouldn't have to deny anything or know about anything. But yet, when we're walking out the store, I never jumped and not moved my feet in my life. Somebody touched me on my shoulder. And I could, I could have sworn if I really did jump, I would have touched the sun and came on back down. I was just scared for my life. And then I looked to my left. I saw a flash of light. And it was my friend running for life. Left me hanging. Didn't say, let's run. He just took, he left me behind to get caught while he the one doing the stealing. And they caught him. Three of them caught him, put him in an arm bar. Said, you break him off. They said, I will break if you don't shut up. I was like, whoa. And he looked at me and I looked at him all innocent and said, you go ahead. I'm like, whoo. <laughs> and so I, I, I'm with my friend, and that's when I found out this person was not my friend. I thought this was a good friend of mine. I thought it was somebody I could trust. But yet, even if he did steal and he told me to run, I would have ran with him. But the due to the fact he left me behind, I found out that he didn't care about me. You see, we get caught up with people because we think they're cool. They do things that we like, and we want to be around them, but yet they're being of the world, and we're having the lust of the world, and the lust of the world will pass away. That same friend of mine is still in jail. That could have been me. Because I want to press people shoplifting and stealing. You know, and, and, and so I had to realize that, Father, I, I, it's better for me to know who I am. And knowing that I am not here to please myself and gratify my sinful nature, but Lord, it's better for me to be honest and real with you. Because why? When you do that, you know your worth. That's C. You know your worth. Know your own worth. Don't let anybody tell you you're not good. God said, I made you. You are very good. He said very good after he made creation, after he made man and woman. Everything else was just good. But after he made man and woman, he completed. He said it's very good. 
Y'all, y'all, y'all understand English, right? Using the adjectives to describe something, you know. He described it even better. He said, this is very good. He told Moses, write this down, that when, after I created y'all, you know, Adam and Eve and all y'all, it was very good. I want you to understand when somebody tells you you're stupid, you're dumb, you can't do anything, all you got to look at them and say, God made me and I'm very good. So you cannot put me in a box because you could put me in a box and God can put me in that box and take me out and place me somewhere else where you can't even touch me. You see, God can open up doors and close doors that nobody else can open or shut. You see, God is truly in control. He knows how much you are worth. John 10 and 10 says, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But this Jesus speaking, I am come that they may have life and have that life more abundantly. You see, your friends may not help you make your life better, but God will help you make your life better. He will show you the right way to go. Not how they will benefit from it, but he came that you will benefit in your life. You see, we, get, we live in a society that will tell you if you buy my book, if you buy my book, you'll have a better life. You can find the Bible for free and have a better life. You, you, you see all the time, right? Okay, come back, tune back in at this time or call this 1-800 number and it's toll free. But what's toll free is telling you, can I get your credit card number? They have to get their credit card number. They're charging you. But you can cancel the charges. All you got to do is mail this back. You know, they give you all this stuff. They just want your money. They don't care if you succeed. See, the world is so caught on how they can get rich off of you, not saying how can they make your life better. You know, if, if life was like, you know, for, for example, just look, think about it, you know, the college education departments, you know, they look, they take applications for students because they want a student that's going to give back to them. They're smart. I'm, it makes sense. Think about it. If you come to my college and I know you're going to be successful, that means you'll give me back money. You'll be one of our illustrious alumni. We'll invite you back to parties or we'll name a building after you. And we'll tell everybody we'll get more recruits and we'll get more money. See, the, the institutes are concerned about what they can gain from you while you're paying for your education. But yeah, oftentimes we pay for an education, we don't even get an education. See, we get so caught up in the world that we forget why we're even in a place where we should be. I got there, I was at college, I forgot my mom and dad were paying for my education, so I was, I was getting the F's. And my mom and dad woke me up and said, well, you going to pay now? See, either pay now or pay later. If you don't wake up, you will wake up. It's going to catch up with you. See, living in the world will catch you in a depth. It will catch you in a place that you'll just be in darkness and found out that, man, I'm not happy. I don't have peace trying to please my flesh. But when you know your own worth, you know that Jesus died for you. You know that Jesus says, I love you this much. When they hung him high and they stretched him wide and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. It kind of gives you a little bit of a strength in knowing that I know the world is against me. But guess what? The world was against Jesus. I know they're persecuting me, but yet they persecuted prophets before Jesus. I know that they don't think I'm anything, but they didn't think Jesus was a son of God. You see, if they can think that about Jesus, who's fully man and fully God, what makes you think they won't talk about you? When you know your value. You know, that, and you know that your value in God will never change. That's, that's D. Your, your value will not change in God. Accept it that things of this world will change. You see that? There, I gave you some examples. The stock market will crash. Popular fashion will become passe. Seasons will change. But yet God is the same. Look at Numbers 23, 19. It says what? 
God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? Look at Hebrews 13 eight says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. I want you to understand here that the world will change. Your currency will change. The value of your dollar will change. The value of your house will change. Your car is already worth less than you pay for already. But yet Jesus will never change. He's the same today as he was yesterday. And guess what? He will be tomorrow. The Bible says that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. So if he, if he knows the beginning, guess what? He knows the end. And, and since he was always in the beginning, guess what? He knows all things. And the Bible also says that even before, Lord, I was formed, my days have been numbered. It is mind-boggling knowing that God knows so much about us and still loves us. He doesn't judge us like everybody else judges us. Everybody else looks at you and you mess up one time, you're a bad person. You're an evil person. You're a wicked person. You know, that's why I have empathy for some of our, 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 our incarcerated brothers and sisters because when they come out of jail, people treat them like they're a plague. Like you did not change. Just because you didn't get caught don't make you better than them. Some of you might have did the same things that they're in jail for, just being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Sometimes those things happen, but yeah, we're going to act, I'm better than you because I'm not behind locked up bars. I, I, I believe in the Bible, there's a man named Joseph, and Joseph didn't do anything wrong, but yet he was put in prison. But yet he did not lose his mind while he was in prison. He knew that God was still in control. And, and so God took him from the pit and brought him to the palace. I want you to understand that when you are secure in God, it does not matter what people place you. They can place you in a pit. God can pull you out that pit and place you in a palace. But it's going to take some time. It didn't just happen overnight with Joseph. It took over seven to ten years. This, this man went to slavery as a teenager. They, his brother saw him later on when he was like 30, 40 years old, ruling over the kingdom. You see, God has a purpose and a plan in your life. What man might mend for evil, God can mend for good. God knows the purpose he has made you for. So you can look to your left and look to your right. You can even read a goodwill book. But yet the Bible has the true answers. The world is not secure, but God is. God is secure. If you could turn with me to Romans 8th chapter. Starting at verse 34. You see the power of God through Jesus, our Lord and Savior. We'll start at verse 31. It says, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again. Hallelujah. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercessions for us? Ah, uh, this is where you get excited right here. Who shall se- separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or, or nakedness or peril or sore? 
As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long, and we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved. I wish somebody would help me out right now. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in who? Jesus Christ, our Lord. I'm glad that in spite of all that you're going through, people will make calm against you. Nay, no one can separate you from the love of God. There's people that are saying you're not worth anything, but Jesus says, Father, I died for him. I died for her. There's people saying that your household is in shambles. Your marriage is in trouble. Your children are worth nothing, but Jesus is standing on their behalf, on your behalf, saying, Father, I died for them. There's people that say that they can knock out your life and they can take this away from you. But who can separate you from the love of God? See, when you're secure in God, you are truly secure. The world will pass away, hallelujah, but God will stay the same. And so much so, Jesus says, I go to a place, prepare a place for you, that when I come back, that you may be with me also. This world is not going to be here. So forget about your gold rings and your, your diamonds and your fancy watches and your fancy house and your fancy cars. Those things will pass away, but the love of God will endure forever. And when you have Jesus in your life, you have peace and eternal life. When you have Jesus in your life, you can go to your job and lose your job. But you know, since you did not lose Jesus, you know he will provide for you again. Because if he can take care of the birds of the air that plant nor sow, how much more will he take care of you who he died on the cross for? If he loves you that much that he's willing to give up his life for you, guess what? There's nothing he'll withhold from you. There's nothing God will withhold from you. So don't be basing your social status based on what society says, but base your, your status on the word of God. And God calls you righteous. He calls you heir to the kingdom of the throne. He calls you his children. He calls you precious. He calls you his saints. When you have someone who loves you unconditionally, how easy is it for you to love them back? When they will take care of you when you cannot take care of yourself. Will love you even when you hate yourself. That's security. To know that no matter where I go, I always have a place that's home. And my home is with Jesus. We pray that this message has encouraged and helped you to be secure in the love of Jesus Christ. We look forward from hearing any of your comments. You can contact us at www.zionbcpeoria.com. Dot com, or you can call us 309-676-4828 or you can leave a comment on the sermon play and we'll receive that by email. Thank you and God bless you.